Coming up on this episode of Bro, Do You Even Talk Pinball, we're going to talk audio and pinball with guest Dan Dean of Pinwoofer. We've got news, we've got game room updates, all that and more coming right up. And now, the Hall and Oates of Pinball Podcasting, Nick Lane and Kevin Manny of Buffalo Pinball. Whoa, boom shakalaka. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 72 of Brody Even Talk Pinball. Uh, I'm Kevin Manny. That's Nick Lane. What's going on, Nick? We've been doing this longer than Monsters was on the air in the 60s, so. <laughs> that's, that's a, they, they didn't hit 72 episodes? We might get our own pinball machine. Well, they've been doing it for two years. So, oh, okay. Right? All right. Yeah, that's we've it. definitely I'm, been I'm, doing it longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, yeah, what's going on? How you been, Kevin? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, if you didn't know, it's November 3rd right now when we're recording this. So if you're listening to this in this future, it's November 3rd, 2022 is, is the time and the date. Is that uh, important? I don't know. Some, I just feel people like people giving you flack. When yeah, it's no, that's fair. You know what no, I mean? That's fair. You know? All right. For context, when we talk about like what's happening and what's new, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, let's think some, let's, let's think some partners. Let's jump right into it. Let's do it. We've got some sponsors to thank. Kevin's gonna put it on the screen. Can I, I did. see it? Yeah. Uh, Let me, uh, I, I forgot to actually like, oh, show I see you it. The I see a little bit. Yeah, All right. Our 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 premier partner, Pin Stadium Lights. These are lighting kits for your pinball machines. They're controlled by your 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 phone. A phone. A phone controls lights in your pinball machine because this is the future. Uh iOS, Android. You can customize it any color you want those lights to be. You can take a picture of something on the play field and have it match those colors. It's an amazing product. You can save 10% when you type in Buffalo. That's Pin Stadium, the award-winning mod for your pinball machine. Then we've got Pinwoofer, pinwoofer.com. We're going to talk more about Pinwoofer on this episode because pinball audio is important. It's super important. If you don't believe that, you can fight me on it. All right, <laughs> next we've got Flipping Out Pinball, flippingoutpinball.com. Once you go, Zach, you never go back. And he's got a sidekick now, just like Batman's got Robin. He's got Greg Bone. So those two are, are double teaming uh, to get you a really expensive, heavy toy into your game room. Uh, they're the best. They're, they, they, they're seriously the best thing for this hobby in terms of uh, businesses and uh, feeding our addictions. Um, Zach is my dealer, which is a totally different connotation than when I said something like that 20 years ago. All right. <laughs> Pinball, TitanPinball.com. This is for silicone rings, but that's not all, folks. They've got um, my favorite product from them is obviously the mat. I talk about that all the time, but it's also the transparent flipper protectors that are static clean and it won't won't damage your machine. You don't like them, you take them right off. No damage. Boom. All right. Pinball EDU, head over to pinballraffle.org. You can have a chance to win a pinball machine each and every month. You make a donation to charity. Doing some good. Maybe you'll win some pinball. What else is there like? Pinside.com. Pinside.com. The OG forum. Still standing. Buy. Sell games on there. Sell mods. Go into the forum. Rank games. Whatever. Pinside.com has you covered. 
CometPinball.com, another OG uh, sponsor that's for uh, replacing your incandescent light bulbs. Or even if you have an LED machine, which most games are LED now, actually all of them are, you can even add more lights to it in there, specialized lighting in certain areas. It pairs really nicely with Pin Stadium. And last but not least, Jersey Jack Pinball, maker of the most beautiful pinball machines on the planet. All right, let's get into our, our main segment of this podcast, and that is pinball audio. Now, um, I always kind of say I'm not a huge mod guy. I don't buy a pinball machine and, and, and think about all the ways I can stick plastic crap into it, right? Like, I, I like the idea of tasteful mods, but there is one mod that I that I always do to my machines, and that's usually upgrading the audio in some way. And for years, the, the, the singular way that I upgraded my audio was adding an external subwoofer. It's not terribly expensive, and it just gives the machine more of a, a presence, especially when most machines have, like, gunshots, explosions, etc. Well, you know, that's you're not done there, really, because there is a very important aspect of the pinball machine that gets forgotten about, and, and that's the back box speakers or even the cabinet speaker itself. And, and what's happened in the last few years is that pinball audio has gotten significantly better than it was when I got into the hobby, at least in terms of um, going from mono to stereo. So believe it or not, Stern was still doing mono um, speakers up until like, I don't know, like 2015, something crazy, right? So now the, um, you got stereo speakers. Um, I think like the, the, the sound design in most pinball machines, it doesn't matter what manufacturer it is. It's pretty damn good. The audio engineers that they're hiring, except for the keyboards and stuff and Guns N' Roses, but I won't go there. But other than that, and the occasional slide whistle Have the game, we talked about Spooky lately? You remember Halloween? Oh, that's garbage. That's, yeah. that's I mean, that's the worst. <laughs> You're 100%. overextending a little right. bit. It's not all great, but it's getting a lot better. <laughs> all right. I, I digress. But listen, it's, it's I mean, Stern's, Stern's crushing it, by the way. Here's the problem. The speakers that they ship in their games, especially in the back box, are complete garbage. I mean, they are. I, I if you can see the screen, let me. This is this. Is, we'll show you more examples. This is what I pulled out of my my rush. Um, look at this piece of shit. I got this I got is, a show and is, tell too. Here we go. This is like paper. Like look at that's just garbage paper. Yeah, that's garbage. That's the um that's the woofer that Kevin pulled out of of his stern. Okay, it's just quote unquote paper woofer. Garbage. It was rattling and sounding crappy, so yeah. it's out of there. So, um, thankfully a product comes along called Pinwoofer, and I I was curious about. It. I heard good things on uh, Pinside, so um I, I I got a kit, threw it into my Led Zeppelin. This was last year, and you know instantly the sound was better. I heard things in that game that I didn't hear before. Um, and then during that, I was trying to really, I did a review of it last year. I was really trying to dial it in and get it sound its best. I, I called Dan up and I had a really good conversation with Dan. I was just kind of blown away with his passion and, um, you know, the way he would explain things and, and how things work. Um, obviously he came across as very knowledgeable and, um, I thought, well, I, I, for anybody who's nerding out about, there's sound in their pinball machines. And if you're not nerding out yet, you probably should because if you haven't heard an upgraded sound system in your pinball machine from Pinwoofer, then you don't know what I'm talking about maybe, but once you do hear it, it's going to ruin you. Um, and, I, and I feel very strongly about that because Pinwoofer is a sponsor, but they're only a sponsor because I bought the product and I liked it so much and I said, we've, we've got to get Pinwoofer on as a sponsor for the show because it's, it's worth talking about. So 
Without further ado, let's uh, welcome Dan Dean to the show. Dan, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going, bud? Really good, really good. Thank you. So, <laughs> nice. can you can you can you start us off? Like, what is what is your what's your background that you know suddenly you're able to not only get into pinball, but what's your background in terms of audio? Why should why should somebody listen to you about their audio on their expensive pinball machine? Yeah. All right. So I guess like, like a lot of guys, guys, in my demographic, you know, I'm 55 years old, but you know, I really cut my teeth as a kid, as a teenager on vinyl. And, you know, a lot of my early influences were definitely, you know, Zeppelin and Rush and, and really moving up into all the heavy metal. And, you know, I had my guitar and sort of kind of sort of tried to play it, but I always loved, just loved music. I mean, it was just a passion of mine. Like a, like a lot of people. And uh, so as time went along, I eventually went to a, a two-year technical school. And when I did that, I, I got a job at a speaker factory, a place called Harms Labs in Colorado. And the, the guy was brilliant. And he's one of those guys. He, he kind of taught me what a golden ear was, which, which that's not me, but a golden ear is somebody who just really can hear everything. I mean, you know, detail in audio they understand audio engineering they understand all these concepts so that was kind of where where i got my first introduction and i spent some time you know doing other things so when i went to college i got a i got another job at uh, at a radio station and you know good or bad i mean i don't know if i did more good or bad there but i definitely learned a little bit about it uh, a little bit more about audio and so it's always been a passion and uh, and then the electronics part of it when I was uh, in school, a lot of my emphasis was in analog electronics, analog engineering. So, um, and there's a ton of analog stuff that that is out there, and and I guess the rest is history. Uh, 25 years in the semiconductor industry, and now I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> and then, how did you? What's what's your pinball history? Have you been into pinball uh, for a significant period of time? I mean, why why upgrading the audio and pinball machine and not something else, for example? Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe I've been in pinball 15 years, uh, just buying titles here and there back when, I mean, I've bought like new home, home use only, Twilight Zone, $400, you know, just, uh, you know, just the bargains of the century that we dream about now. But I started working on them. I started restoring them through the late 2000s, early 2010s. And, uh, you know, and, and I tried the external subwoofer route, but I, I just didn't like it. I, I felt detached from the experience. And I started putting some stuff in, um, like others, you know, I'm not the only guy that's tried this. It's not that I consider myself the godfather of pinball audio, but I just, I just kept going with it. And, uh, we started pinball for about four years ago and have evolved the product since. So, so I'm definitely a pinball guy. I was a pinball guy as a kid <laughs> and a uh, pinball kid as a kid. And now, now I'm an adult who loves pinball. I don't do as much like quote unquote work on my machines anymore. I do pen woofer, but uh, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up here. Nice. So let's, let's jump in and, and talk about what pen woofer is for uh, the folks who haven't experienced it. Don't know if it haven't looked up your product. Um, I, I think uh, you shared a deck with Kevin, so he can, he can try to play along and figure out where we are in this process, but, but take us through what, what pen woofer is exactly. Okay. All right. Uh, next slide. Ooh, hang on one sec. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> I wish I had a little. Bell. I love that somebody's telling Kevin next slide. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is dream. Yeah. So these are the topics. Nick, Nick seeded some topics for me. We'll get to them. Next slide, please. 
Okay, so just about th this really wasn't uh, an attempt to brag. It's more of a of a statement that when you deal with uh, Pinwoofer and you deal with me, you're, you're dealing with somebody who has some knowledge and has some real world experience um, and uh, and can do the job. So, awesome. Next slide, I like please. the I like the I like your sticker and your uh, like <laughs> yeah pocket protector. Um, and and just just jump in and stop me whenever you like if you have questions. Okay, so, so we do have a mission statement, uh, create the highest quality pinball audio products with exceptional reliability, provide value, and industry-leading instructions and customer support. And these are kind of the cornerstones that we here in the shop live by, it's in our culture, and these are the things I want to do. Okay, uh, system overview. Okay, so speakers are one thing, uh, the amplification's another. Uh, so what we provide, uh, you can kind of follow along with the right. Uh, there's a mock-up pinball machine. Uh, so we provide high-fidelity sp uh, speakers, uh, a powered system, which uh, consists of an amplifier, a harness with connections, DC power, uh, audio. And then what we've got in the machine now is what I consider uh, the best integration and best matched uh, set of components for pinball audio. Hey, Dan, let's... um, So... Anybody who's thinking about a pinball machine, you get you get a new. I'm, I'm going to use Stern as the example, just because they're the largest manufacturer. Most people who are listening to this, um, are, they're more likely to have a Stern. So when you get a Stern, you know you've got three speakers that come up. It you've got the the cabinet subwoofer. I'll put that in quotes, and then you've got the two back box speakers. Um, those speakers have got to be the, the the cheapest speakers that one could possibly buy. Is that <laughs> is that a fair statement, Dan? Yes. Okay. And I mean, we, we could think about this, you know, well, you know, look, it, it, in some ways it's hard to imagine that you can spend at the minimum like $7,000 on a pro, right? And, you know, you look at this, you, most people haven't probably looked at these speakers well or pulled them out. Most people I say, and then that, that's such a cheap speaker to put in there. Um, even on the premiums, Stern's putting the same cheap speaker. It's not until you get to the LE that they're putting Kenwoods in, which they're, they're not that great, the Kenwoods. I mean, they, they sound, clearly they sound better than um, the speakers that are in the Stern um, Pro and Premium, but they're, they're still not great. Um, and I, I think that's, that's important to bring up because um, when, when I upgraded, I think the biggest thing, I, I mean, I, I expect the audio sound better, but the biggest thing that I noticed is that there were sounds that the audio engineer at Stern had programmed in there in the music and the sound effects that Stern's back box speakers were not capable of reproducing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I probably should clarify it. So, so there, so some of the machines, you know, the limited edition, and then I'd say the, the modern Jersey Jack pinball machine, they have made attempts to put in improve, uh, improved speakers. But by and large, the most important thing is that you get enough power delivered to the speakers so that you have dynamic range. Dynamic range being the difference between the quietest and loudest sound that's being reproduced. And that's at any volume level. Even when you're playing at lower volume levels, you need enough power um, so, that, so that you can hear the definition uh, of the sound coming through the speakers. And yes, the speakers are very important. All right, awesome. Mm -hmm. let's, move, let's, uh, let's move along, Kev. What's, uh, what do we got next? Okay. All right, just a little bit of eye candy here. Uh, so, 
So, uh, so all, of our, all, all of our electronics at this point are 100% in-house designs. So you can see on the left is our do-it-yourself line of amplifier, which doesn't require a harness. It's got a power solution, taps right into the audio, pretty easy install. Uh, and the centers are Knockout Plus amp with a couple of boards to deliver power and audio. And then moving over, a couple miscellaneous boards, uh, our GT amplifier, GT Plus amplifier for the older machines. It's got some uh, it's got some features in the preamp that uh, allow you to add a little bit of gain to the initial stage. And then on the right, we've got these these little accessories, uh, the base boost unit, and then the line trimmer. And these are things that support external subwoofers. Uh, maybe ten or twenty percent of our our customers pursue an external subwoofer in conjunction with our kit, uh, but we still you know we still want to support those well. And I will tell you the guys that the guys that buy those BBUs. They've scolded me for not offering them like as an option with our main kit. So there, there's a little bit something to it, but it really just depends on how far you want to go. So most guys don't really dig into the, uh, or, or, or don't really like pursue an external subwoofer, but those that do, you know, they're really after an amazing audio experience. They want the machine to sound good and they want infinite amount of bass surrounding it. Yeah. And what's interesting, you and I talked about this um, probably a couple of months ago uh, before I put the, uh, the kit into Rush and... You know, I, I really wanted the sound on both my music pins, Russian Led Zeppelin, to sound as good as possible. And I, I, I you know, I put the, the pinwoofer kit in, in, in Led Zeppelin, and then later on I added the external sub. And, you know, I, I, I eventually took the external sub off that game, even though every other game I have an external sub. And I didn't put it on Rush because I didn't need those games to be super boomy. You know, like that's when I listen to Led Zeppelin or Rush, it's not super bass heavy it's not unnatural you know like I, I look at having external subwoofers for you know an explosion in a game right or iron man which is going to be bombastic right <laughs> yeah. but i um i i think my advice to people too is is try it without a sub first i mean you can always play around and add a sub and take it out but i think with the music pins in particular i think they sound better without it and i think you were saying the same yeah. thing like you don't put subs on your games uh yeah i i don't you know i I gave some. I gave a couple subwoofers a really good rundown a few weeks ago, just so I could really ring out like, what is this? These guys that are buying the, some of these accessories, like, like really, what are they going after and what are they hearing? And I kind of get it, uh, but you know, I mean, our our main our core is the internal integrated system, so I tend to focus more on that. But you know, I I mean, if someone wants to add an external sub, you know, bless them, more power to them. Don't worry, most people. Somebody's gonna. Yeah. I will not dissuade anybody from adding a sub. They're gonna. They yeah. want to get a sub. They want it to be as loud and booming as possible. Yeah, um, and, and something you said about Rush. Uh, so so Rush. I mean, the track. It's it. It's just great rock and roll. <clears throat> and our our new cabinet speaker. It is really punchy, and I I think it reproduces Rush. I think it reproduces the music very good. Now I I agree with you on some titles. You know, if you want to hear Godzilla in the background. Uh, if you want to hear, you know, other effects, like you said, Iron Man, you want to hear explosions and stuff, you want to hear the room rumble, that, that's, that's great, you can add that. But one other thing that, that I've found with the external subs, if you get one or two machines uh, going, it's nice to have something to attenuate that signal because when you have people over and you have four or five machines going, the room becomes a mashup and, you know, the, your guests may have trouble talking, conversing, it's more of a distraction. So that is something to think about when you add the external sub, get yourself a little bit of a, you know, get yourself a trimmer, get yourself a control so you can just reach in there before the party, 
turn the external subs down so that you don't have such a mashup in the room. No, that that's a great point. And um, with Pinwoofer, what I like is is you've you've got a um, a cabinet subwoofer speaker, right? So that can definitely give you give you some of that boom. It's not going to be like a, a sub external subwoofer, but it's more of a tight controlled. And what I like about it is it, it it vibrates the cabinet in a way, so you can kind of, you can really feel the bass in a way that with an external subwoofer you don't exactly feel the bass. So the bass seems a little disconnected from from the game, from at least from a, a tactile perspective. Yeah, yeah, tactile was the word I wanted to use. <laughs> All right, I think Kevin had a slide. Let's um, I don't even think we've we've shown your products yet, so let's bring that up. You want to talk a little bit about what we're looking at, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, so so this is the custom line of speakers we have now. So on the left is our, our Jersey Jack tweeter. We've had that for some time, uh, and that, that's vital. Um, that's vital on the Jersey Jack platform, especially in Guns N' Roses. And then the center two, that's our five and a quarter and four inch uh, back box speaker, primarily for Stern and all the other ones that have back box speakers. Uh, and then on the right is our uh, dual voice coil cabinet speaker. Uh, so it's got it's got a tight suspension, a big voice coil. It, it's real punchy, and it has a pretty good mix of punch and sustain in it. So we're we're thrilled with them. I mean, all of these speakers. It, well, not so much the tweeter, but the back box speakers in blue, and then the uh, cabinet speaker. For our little operation, those were ordered at great risk. Um, I had prototypes. I knew what they sounded like, uh, but it's it's a pretty heavy lift. You cannot go in and buy you know, 30, 30, 40 pairs of speakers uh, from a factory. You have to go in like with the big boys. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, all these things came back and everything was an upside. Everything exceeded expectations. And I am just thrilled with our new speakers. Yeah, so when I had my Led Zeppelin, I was using your older back box speakers and, and I thought they sounded okay, right? It was definitely an upgrade um, from the, the Stern stock speakers, which anything is. Uh, but I got your your new line of backbox speakers with Rush, uh, which replaced the old ones, and and it sounded fantastic. Like it it, it definitely sounded better than the piles, um, kind of in your your version one system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the the, pi- the pile was a was a good mainstay, and I mean you know a lot of guys might have upgraded them. Uh, and sure, we could have done better, but but some of these speakers you pay for the brand. I mean, you mentioned those the Kenwood thirteen sixty sixes. And they're probably 50% more than the pile speaker, but they're, they don't sound as good. So it was just a matter of time until we could really, you know, put into place, I mean, the right, the right set of speakers. I, I think we're there now. And, um, and then the other comment I'd make, uh, those tweeter elements in our new back box speakers, they just, they sound phenomenal. They're what they call a textile tweeter. Some, sometimes they're called silk tweeter. I don't think silkworms wove the material, but they're, they're a kind of a fabric material, and so they're a little less susceptible to deformation at higher volumes, and they, they have a little bit wider uh, frequency response. So the, the frequency domain that they reproduce, I think, is a little broader. Um, and uh, I, I think they're just a smoother speaker. Now, they're not as efficient as an automotive speaker, uh, but then again, you, you're not trying to you know, produce trouble when you're running down the road with the windows down or you're towing a skier behind your boat. Uh, you know, these are these are more for a, a quiet ambient environment where you want really good, smooth treble reproduction. And our amp, I mean, we have more than enough power in the back box, uh, and there's a treble control in there. 
so that's most of the adjustability you need. And if you need to go beyond that, you can get into the uh, graphic equalizer in the menu and you know uh, lift up the high end a little bit as you see fit. Yeah, maybe we should talk about that. Um, I'm going to come back to the settings in, in a Stern pinball machine um, because I think we can even help some people before they even get a kit. But um, a question in the chat, do you have uh, um, a kit that works with the Chicago gaming, the remake of Monster Bash? Like, do you, what, what, uh, what manufacturers do you support at Pinwoofer? Oh, okay. Uh, well, everything, oh, not everything, um, but WPC through WPC 95, all of that, not Pinball 2000, not Capcom, uh, Data East, uh, Sega White Star, Stern White Star, uh, Stern Sam, uh, Spike, Spike 2, Early Jersey Jack, Jersey Jack. Uh, as far as as far as CGC goes, so I've had some requests, and you know, out in the wild, there there is a bigger install base than there might have been a year or two ago. So we're getting closer to to offering something, and uh, it, I'm probably only about a day or two away from if I stopped and worked on, it, we probably could get something going. Uh, the only constraint we might have is uh, Monster Bash. Uh, Monster Bash is good. Attack from Mars is good. Um, the uh, Medieval Madness, the the troll brackets, when they descend down, it's going to be hard to put a woofer in there. I, we might have to come up with some kind of offset ring, like we do for Metallica and Walking Dead. Uh, so if there's an underplay field obstruction, uh, what's oh Cactus Canyon? Uh, I actually haven't looked at it yet. I don't, and I had one years ago, uh, but I've got to kind of go through and look at the uh, underplay field obstructions. So we can probably do that at some point you know, in the next mm, three to 12 months. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is the uh, the back box. I know that there's some upgraded color DMD speaker panels that have different size speakers and the, the whole, you know, uh, the whole uh, fit problem is still undefined a little bit. So, uh, so you know, it's one of those things you got to kind of tiptoe into it. The last thing I want to do is, and, and this has happened before, but I really don't, don't again want to send somebody something that doesn't fit. Uh, it's a very difficult process. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I think in summary, yeah, yeah, Chicago gaming. I think we could do something in the near future. Uh, there's some guys locally that have machines, and I've got enough connections where I can probably send some stuff out and get some real detailed feedback on it. So, but I guess I'd I'd ask you, do you do you feel like that's like an area that would be? I mean, do you think there's demand out there? Do you think there's a there's a an appetite for you know, getting some improvements in the CGC platform. That's a, that's so I don't have one. Kevin doesn't have one. Um, I think that's a good question for our listeners. So if, if there's demand for that, then I would highly encourage you to reach out to Dan and let him know and, and maybe get into a conversation with him about that. Um, <sighs> one Dan, we didn't even get to this. I, I, Kevin, make sure I come back to, um, and I know I'm jumping around. I can't, I can't help it. But uh, <laughs> make sure I come back to the Stern sound settings because that's important. But uh, Dan, really quickly, so you, basically this is a kit, right? And and and, you, and we can break this down. But like most people, if they're going to jump into this, I, I would recommend getting the kit. And you, you stop me if I miss anything. But it's the two back box speakers, an amplifier, and then the uh, cabinet subwoofer replacement speaker. Is that correct? Yeah, power solution. That's that's. The power is very important. Uh, amplifier, all the wiring harness, and two back box speakers, cabinet speaker. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is what is a, a full full blown kit cost? Uh, the full blown kit current pricing is about three seventy, and then okay. there's options. You, you can add options on top of that if you want to add a, 
amplifier mounting bracket or uh, one of those subwoofer controls. Okay. And then you, you do sell some components separately as well, is my understanding? Oh, is yeah, it? yeah. I mean, I don't know how much time you want to consume on this. You can flash through the deck. I, I put some of this stuff in there. This is... Um, this, this is yeah. <laughs> right. oh. It's some risk of damage. Yeah. And this then the DIY and some cost. Yeah, yeah the we'll cost of doing it yourself. So we'll, in, uh, I, in general, like, what's the... If I wanted to put together a kit like like you have uh, from, like, Amazon parts, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, oh, what's the difference? Yeah, I oh. mean, like, cost-wise. I mean... Oh, okay. And, I guess, and, and quality-wise. Oh, well, the pinwoofer's going to sound better for sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, in all seriousness... Uh, so there was a cost comparison we did there. And, uh, so, I mean, we think in all fairness and, and these are taken from, uh, different posts we see on social media. And then there's some other things where, you know, like the cabinet mounting ring. I mean, you could probably go out and 3d print one yourself, or if you buy one from us, it's, I don't know what I have in there, $25 or something. Um, but these are things that are taken kind of from the ecosystem guys said, Hey, I bought this amp from parts express or whatever, but I went through and, and put the stuff into a spreadsheet with trying to find an answer to, you know, what does it really cost you to go do this stuff on your own? And this is what we came up with. And I think it's, I think it's pretty fair. I mean, you might be able to cut back in some areas or do something more in other areas. Uh, you know, this speaker, you know, the wire and connectors and hardware, you know, that stuff, you know, we pinned that at two bucks. You know, if you buy a spool of wire, I mean, you know, 100 feet of wire is going to do more than one machine, right? So so we said, well, you know, what, what's extensible and, and you know, pin those things at a low cost. But, I mean, when you add it up, it's, you know, it's $360 plus. Uh, now, now, that's if you want to add the full kit from scratch. And, and that's not to say, I mean, some guys might say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do, you know, I've got an external sub. I'm not going to put a cabinet speaker in there. Oh, okay, you can kind of pull it off. But I, I think for the lion's share of people that come to us, if they had a choice up front, they knew they could do do it themselves or they could do our kit. And if they're just looking at price, they would say, well, you know, for another, you know, five or 10 bucks, I'll just get a full pinwoofer kit and the whole thing. You know, end to end document, it's all integrated. You know, it goes in in a very short amount of time. There's very little time sync required. There's a warranty with our product uh, and there's te technical support. Uh, so for a lot of guys, they, they just don't want to go through, uh, the process of figuring this out. And then, you know, the results, uh, you know, are they proven? Well, our results are pretty, uh, pretty mature. And, and uh, so anyway, so just from a, a cost perspective point of view, it's a very similar experience. Um, and I got pros up there. I mean, if you want to do your, do it yourself, I mean, you could customize and then there's some satisfaction in doing it yourself. And that's important. A hobby should be fun. It should be rewarding. Um, so, you know, a couple things to think about. Yeah, and, and I will say for, for full disclosure, I have upgraded some machines in my collection with not using, you know, the full pinwoofer kit and, and using some other solutions, right? I'm not going to give anybody any bread cr uh, trail, uh, crumb trails. Yeah. Um, but um, here, here's the, I mean, this was my approach when I did it, like, and I can compare the two, you know, in, in the Godzilla in my collection, that's Martha's game. Martha wasn't going to um, buy a full pinwoofer kit, but I got her to at least replace those god awful back box speakers from Stern. <laughs> right. So, you know, after doing it and putting a subwoofer like, 
man, it sounds so much better than stock. Like everybody should be upgrading. If you got to give me your home collection, you really should upgrade the audio before you even move on to other mods. I think it's it's as important as, as people who have to put a shaker motor in every game. I, I really do. Um, just the fact that you paid for something in the machine that cannot be reproduced by those speakers, you're missing out on something that's that's built into that machine. The way that you're maybe missing out on a machine that can rumble without having a shaker motor. Um, and it sounds good. I will always put a pinwoofer kit in kind of like a music pin for sure, full full stop. And then I will put a pinwoofer kit in like my favorite keeper games, like games that I'm like, eh, maybe I'll keep for a while. Like, you know, I'm not going to go full blown pinwoofer kit in. They'll move down the road. That's what I've been doing. But with, with, without a doubt, um, the pinwoofer kit's easy to install, super easy. Um, I had no problems doing it. And it, and it does sound better than the DIY options um, in, in my book. I know like some people have just gone super crazy with the DIY. And by the time they go as crazy, you know, I, I replace like the back box speakers. You know, they're they're replacing the cabinet um, sub. They're putting an amp. I mean, by the time you do that and run the wire, like you're you you've lost out on time and money. So it's a I think you've got really good competitive pricing um, with an impactful product. So uh, we're running a little bit out of time, Dan. So I'm going to give you kind of free form to kind of maybe hits. Oh, I got to come back. I got to come back. We got to talk about stern settings. I'm uh, as a value, <laughs> okay. but. Um, I'll, I'll finish off with that. But um, are, are there some things that you want to make sure that we get out there that we didn't cover? Oh, well, uh, you, did, you did pose the question, you know, why some games uh, sound better than others. Yeah. And, you know, I tried, to, I tried to look at it. That was actually a more difficult question than, than I thought it would be on the surface. Uh, <clears throat> so I did try to lend a little bit of analysis. But, uh, you know, you might find slide 17 interesting. Let's hit 17, enter, 17, enter. Oh, I'm, I'm sli- it's like a slideshow, so. <laughs> oh. Which, let oh. me know when we get there. <laughs> you're, you're getting warm. I loaded it in as pictures because I'm, I'm, I'm not, using, <laughs> uh, not using PowerPoint. I'm using uh, OBS here. Oh, okay, okay. That's a practical oh. analysis one, I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, and, and I, we get that comment occasionally, like, oh, yeah, definitely upgrade all my music pins. But as, um, so what I did, so, so I went through and I said, you know, well, what, kind of what is the Pareto of our titles that we've sold kits into? And this is over the past uh, probably at least 24 months. And so I looked and um, Guns N' Roses, it, it's just the elephant in the room. That, that thing is just amazing uh, with our kit in it. Um, but beyond that, uh, if you look at the top 10 uh, four of them are music titles, and then six of them are theme titles. The theme titles, you know, Godzilla, Jurassic Park. Uh, so they're very popular for us. And while I don't, I, I didn't really know how to answer your question, uh, Nick, like what makes one title sound better than another, you know, I, I almost have a different perspective on it now. And, and that is, if you look at the popularity, uh, you know, people share their their game rooms. People have people over, people you know, come home and they order a kit. Um, and I think they do it in response to what, what, what sounded good, what, what they heard. And I think people also talk. And on the forums, there, there's certain threads where, you know, people will, will talk about us on social media. And, and they talk about certain titles. And, and I think that influences our, our distribution w- within our, our portfolio. And you can kind of see, I mean, the top ones there are kind of, you know, they're, they're, 
you know, I mean, Godzilla, I don't know how many, have they gone over 10,000? Well, that could be part of it, but there's a lot of people that just really aren't that impressed with, with Godzilla out of the box. Uh, Zeppelin, you, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Rush, you get tons of bang for your buck. Zeppelin, tons of bang for your buck. Jurassic Park, you know, the details in there, you know, the, uh, the T-Rex when she growls, the, the walkie-talkie chatter, just all, all these low-level uh, low level surprises that you hear when you add our, our, uh, add our product into it. People hear it, and I think they respond to it. So, you know, and then, of course, individual taste is going to play into this as well. So while I don't really have an answer, what I tried to do uh, in this and the previous couple slides was, was just take a different, you know, kind of take a, a look at it from a few different approaches to try to figure it out. Um, but the fact of the matter is a lot of the technical happenings um, when the, the compression happens, when they, you know, load the thing onto a secure, you know, a, 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 you know the, uh, the, the secure SD card and plug it in the machine. A lot, there's a lot of budgets, there's constraints, there's limited amounts of memory. Um, I, I think it's going to be real hard to, like, put a technical explanation behind it. But the results, I think, are what really speak the most, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then um, I, I know on your site, when you, you can go to your site and you can look up like recommended settings because um, Stern does give the user a number of options to play with the EQ settings on it. And that can certainly make a difference. Um, and, and you have that all, I think you have that all on your site. And there's also forums, usually people talking about uh, recommended settings. I think, Dan, one of, one of the things that I've, I've found, and you can let me know if um, this is, is consistent with your findings, but I usually turn off the filter in Stern's um, audio settings. There's like a turn off filter thing there. And even when I just get a game and I haven't put a speaker into it yet, and it tends to always sound better. Is that is that what you found or does it depend by title? What, what do you think? Okay, yeah. So there's, yeah, so there's a back box. Uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a filter, uh, a shelf filter setting for each of the back box and the cabinet speaker. And, um, uh, okay, so, so the one thing I have noticed, um, and I'm trying to remember what title it is, that the default setting for the gain is probably different. It varies from title to title. But I have noticed on a couple machines, and I'm, I'm thinking of Iron Maiden specifically, uh, I think the factory default there is to have the, uh, the back box shelf filter set at like, like 4K ohms with like a 6 dB gain, which is quite a bit of gain. If you turn that down, in, in my opinion, and everyone's hearing is different, but in my opinion, I think the music cleans up. And I've played with this on Rush and some other titles with varying results, but I think in general, I, 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 don't, I tend to not like those shelf filters um, because a lot of what you can do with a shelf filter, you can do, you can either do it in the graphic equalizer or just turn that off as well. And although the controls on the pinwoofer amp are pretty simple, they give you most of what you need. And, um, but, you know, it's kind of like what I alluded to before. I don't really have a good window into what, um, into what the inner workings of, you know, the, the makers, uh, compression algorithms and how they're doing their audio. And I just don't have a lot of experience with it, but, um, but I, th I kind of think toggling that setting does give you a little bit of insight into what's going on. And like I said, I, I've had better results when I've just simply turned it off. Yeah, totally. I, I always turn off the EQ settings and it just seems to, uh, seems to be better. 
um, at least to my ears, right? And to your point, everybody's ears are a little bit different once they pick up. Um, mm-hmm. listen, Dan, we gotta we gotta move on, but uh, loved having you on. Uh, if if uh, you guys are interested in upgrading your sound, I, I can't recommend Pinwoofer enough. Head over to pinwoofer.com. Kevin's put it into his GNR and can attest it's great. I've got it in two of my games. Um, so, uh, you know, as you can tell, Dan's very knowledgeable and passionate about this. So reach out to him with any questions you might have or, or if he currently doesn't make a product for your game, if, you know, all you can do is reach out and and, and see maybe if he gets enough reception, he'll he'll create some of that. So... Dan, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, Really appreciate the time. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Talk to you later. Take take care. Take care, guys. All right, Kev, what do we got for the the news for this this month? I see. I see. Well, first we got to play. We got to introduce it properly, okay? So let's let's do this first. Here's the tip. It's the latest pinball news. So hot, it's on fire. All right. Up first, we got... The Mandalorian, we had to start with this. And it, believe me, stick around for Topper Talk. Gordon is going to like dig right into this. But we got we got to touch on it, too. It's the, uh, oh, not that one. Well, I got to find oh, my, oh, my, oh. my browser. That's a, that's a sneak peek of what we're going to get to in a little bit. By the, by the way, Tim Kitzrow, uh, it, it's great hearing him. I was playing some Mutant Football League last night, and he's hilarious on that. Love it. That's, that's Pinwoofer. There we go. All right, we found it. We got there, everybody. Stern Pinball reveals exclusive holographic Mandalorian topper featuring exclusive modes. Here we go. Um, So this morning, well, this was on October 19th, Stern revealed their new topper for the Mandalorian, uh, inspired blah, blah, blah. Um, Let's go right to the chase. It's a $2,000 topper. It's a really (laughs) cool-looking topper, but it's $2,000. And it's uh, so so the, the points we want to hit are Two thousand dollars, really cool, and unlocks software features. All right, so so Nick, what do you think of all those three things? I mean, what a flex, right? Like, <laughs> what a flex to buy a two thousand dollar topper on your minimum like seven thousand dollar pinball machine, or 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 greater, right? If you have like an LE, right? Um, it's a cool. I, mean, I saw it. It's a cool topper, right? Like, I don't get super excited over toppers. That one's cool. I think it's I, I think it's really good. Like if I had a ceiling that could have a topper and that was like five hundred bucks, maybe maybe even six hundred I'd go up to. You know, like I'm not a big topper guy, but like I'd be tempted. Yeah, I like Mandalorian. Topper looks great. I think they did a fantastic job on it. The price is fucking ridiculous. It's yep, it's I, nothing but a flex right now. It's an <laughs> absurd flex. God I think, bless I think you. It, it has to do with like all the resellers too, because if you look at the folks who like bought um, Black Knight Topper and kept it in the box, and then they stopped making them, and then they started selling them for like two or three thousand dollars. It's like, all right, well, st- you know, kind of like with with Jersey Jack raising their prices. It's like, well, if people are willing to pay this, we're gonna start charging it and get this money, right? Dude, go out and buy five pinwoofer kits. Okay, spend the same amount, and 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 just way bigger payoff than that. But listen, it's a cool topper. For people who have that kind of like fuck you money and and can order it, um, yeah, it's a cool topper, man. And it's nice that they added some modes. And and as somebody who's not going to get the topper, like I don't feel like I'm missing out not having those modes in my game. Like they're really like a cherry on top of an already cherry. The game's code is great. There's so much in Mandalorian, anyways. It's not like I can see this being an issue with like the additional modes if like the game was really bare bones and then like just to kind of complete the game. 
you have to buy a topper. That's not the that's not the case. This is just there's already plenty in the game. They threw some more in there. Great. Give them something if they if they got that. Um I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool topper. It's just a ridiculous price. We're we're in the land of absurdity right now. Yeah. It, the the modes do feel you know, I think everybody kind of lost their minds about the the goat mode on Jurassic Park with the topper. And it's like they're pretty much throwaway modes. This looks like it's a little more interesting at least, but either way, it's like whatever like you said the the game is complete there's a full game there here's a little bit extra if you're gonna shell out two thousand dollars i would want a little something extra too but yeah it's perfectly reasonable look look in video games there's dlc you buy the base game base game's good it's got everything you want you want more you pay a little bit more and you get more stuff more levels whatever um I, i know people some people don't like dlc but if it's done right if the base game's good and you got your money's worth which i think i have from uh mandalorian um, this is just gravy. This is whatever. And I'm, I'm happy for the people that get it. Uh, I think you said, is James getting one? We're going to be able to see this thing in action. I think so. I think he said he's going to get one. So I'm going to tell you my, I think I told you my topper story before. Maybe I said it on the podcast. So, uh, you know, I was like, I don't go excited over toppers. I, I love, but I loved the black Knight topper. Like when I saw videos of it and I was like, man, if I can just buy one, I would keep it in my house, even though I can't have a topper. I set it to the side. I went over to Patrick's, because we mention him on every podcast now. I went over to Patrick's, and he had a Black Knight LE for a while, and he had the topper on, and I was just over it. Not over it because the topper's not cool. The topper's cool as fuck, but you don't look at it when you're when you're playing the game. Like, you just you just don't. Now, maybe the Mandalorian topper, because it's got some modes you might look up, but still. The toppers are really a flex. That's it. It's a, it's a cool flex. It's to dress up your uh, pinball machine, but... You know, I, I I don't I don't see I don't I don't see the value whatsoever other than a flex. Yeah, it's it's to make it you know when you take the picture of your lineup of games to show like oh look how cool they all look with their toppers on there and now that Mando's uh, got one I have to get the topper because if I don't then I'm missing out on one and one of them's got a flat top and it doesn't match the rest of them you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean if we were doing a show on ranking toppers, which we're not the people for that, we had to have Gorn on. Don't get too excited, <laughs> Gorn. Um, this would be up there right in like a top top five easy. Yeah, it, it, like if you throw all, all costs out the window, just like looking yeah. like on the coolness factor alone, definitely it's up there. Yeah. All right. Good on, <laughs> good on toppers. Let's go. Yeah, I, I think that's that's enough on toppers. So you get more You're of that more. at the end of the show. Stick around for Gorin for the deep analysis on the Mando topper. Uh, next up, uh, we lost a legend. Well, not we didn't lose him, but uh, he retired. Pat Lawler. Um, so on the latest Jersey Jack Pinball podcast, they confirm that Pat Lawler has retired. Um, so unless he decides to come back, Toy Story 4 will be the, the last game he designs. Of course, he has retired before and then came back to Jersey Jack. So there's no Tom no Brady sure of pinball. He's gone forever, but... Did I do I that sports thing right, Kevin? This, what's that? I say he's the Tom Brady of pinball. Did I do that right? I think so. I think, I he's think the he's guy who keeps on coming back and doesn't know I, when to leave? I, I think so. <laughs> exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's like oh and now i'm getting divorced no no <laughs> um so yeah it's uh you know pat had a great run i think it makes sense more now why they brought on um mark Seiden and um S- steve Ritchie. it's like can this company that puts out a game every year and a half support for designers and i guess the answer was no and they probably knew this was coming so they're just preparing for the for the, for the future but um you know pat was you know and I'm sure I share this sentiment with a lot of folks. Like Adam's family was the game that really like ignited that spark of like, wow, this is, I had played pinball before that, but this was like something next level. And it really like got me into it. 
Um, so I'm sure a lot of folks about our age uh, had similar experiences with Adams and and some of his other games. So he's a legend. Thanks, thanks, Pat. It was cool uh, playing Wonka with you in, uh, <laughs> in in the Midwest Gaming Classic too. That was a good time. All right. Um, pinball Expo happened. Would, did, you, did you watch any pinball Expo seminars, Nick? Uh, I did not. Did you? Uh, here and there, I, I watched a few things. I I did actually, and we'll get into this. I watched the Stern one. Uh, oh, you did. You watched the uh, you might watch the American Pinball one. We'll watch. We'll, we'll talk uh, about it. I watched it after too. the fact. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't talk about American Pinball enough, but uh, they just ended our radar. So we're gonna today. We're, it's gonna it's gonna yeah. wrap up our news segment. So uh, if you if you want to see a recap, Pinball Expo did a great job of. The, so they actually re- recorded all of the sessions. Um, their website, you know, basically every day of the show, they would update it with new uh, pictures and everything that happened during the event. So Pinball Expo is kind of like the big quote unquote industry event of the year, although. I feel like people can we talk about Flippy? Flippy is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, what, what's with Flippy? Uh, they had a mascot this year, and it's a it's a flipper with hands and feet. Okay, so, so there you go. It's I don't like mascots, but there you go. He was a hit. Um, I think people always expect companies to make big announcements at Expo, and they don't really ever do it. It was really rare. Like when we went to do the JJP reveal of Pirates, that was a big one. But those those. I feel pinball companies don't time their releases around shows. They time their releases when the uh, the games are ready. So it's like just because the show is coming doesn't mean there's going to be like Stern's going to make a new announcement. JJP's going to make a new announcement. No, they're going to they're going to do it when their game's ready, and maybe you'll see it at the next show, right? So they Stern did have um, uh, 007 there, but they had announced it before the show, so uh, it was just like your first chance to get your hands on the game. Uh, one thing let's move this up so one thing um stern did talk about (laughs) i wanted to bring this up so they um at their session it was with seth davis their new president and gary stern um they were talking about a bunch of bunch of stuff and insider connected and blah 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 and um they did a virtual factory tour and all this one thing they said so here's a quote from the uh the article that um nap arcade put up they said um stern increasingly views itself as a high-tech company that is going to continue to grow through investment in things like the cloud and connectivity which i guess makes sense with insider connected they mentioned that they are exploring doing things with virtual and digital pinball which they view as a way to help grow their customer base stern looks at pinball as its gateway into the multi-billion dollar games industry uh what's (laughs) what do you think about all that I don't. I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. Like, yeah, it's like. You, go ahead. You're you're a pinball company. Your 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 entry into the gaming is through pinball. That's a bizarre thing. Like, I, I don't know what I don't know what to make of that statement. To be perfectly honest, does that mean yeah. just like there's gonna be more DLC and and subscription bullshit coming? Well, they've done uh, virtual pinball stuff. Like there was the Stern Pinball Arcade. So this is, that's yeah. not exactly new. So yeah, I think that I mean that's a logical move. They sh- they should be trying to put out digital versions of their games when they can because it's like marketing. I mean it's like straight up. I mean there's money to be had there, right? And plus it 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 serves as uh, marketing for whatever games that uh, you can currently buy from Stern. You yeah, know, like you 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 play that and you're gonna want to play the real thing. Yep, I think they they might be a little gun shy because. 
I think it was after the the Ghostbusters got released to Pinball Arcade, people like reverse engineered it and were able to like bring it into virtual pinball, like the the free versions of of VPN on 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 PCs and stuff like that. So that might have like I wonder if that's like behind because they they jumped in like with all with both feet and then they were like, oh, we're done, yeah. we're not doing this anymore. So maybe maybe it's like they'll just do the back catalog and not games that are currently in production. I don't know. Or they'll do something totally different. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't want to invest all that money in creating virtual games, and then somebody reverse engineers and ports it over to a, a free uh, platform. I get it. I, the, uh, also, though, any that free platform is promoting your games if if they're the actual recreation of the game and not just like some kind of weird hybrid of it right like a lot of that a lot of virtual pinball sometimes it's just like not the accurate representation of the game yeah the, that's my understanding i could be wrong i'm not a v-pin expert yeah so a lot, I, I was into it for a while so a lot of times it would be like if it was tron it would be somebody like kind of trying to reprogram the existing rules in tron versus like dumping the exact rom and having the, the exact files in it yeah yeah rlm by the way has a perfect statement he says for the 200 people who use you know virtual pin versus the 200,000 that would pay on steam 100 percent correct right like you can't you can't yeah big deal but it's still like they have to protect the the rights of their their uh the rights holders the intellectual property right so that that i'm i'm seeing that more as the issue right like if um whatever movie company owns the rights to ghostbusters is like wait what what happened here like, no, you're we're probably not, we're not gonna work with you anymore yeah. if you if this stuff is gonna just get leaked out. Um, you know, that becomes more of a problem. Yeah, I'm way over my skis on this. I have no idea what the fuck is up stern sleeve. So um I'm I I think I'll end it there. <laughs> All right, there you go. Well the their the their Seth is from Disney and they're they're great at monetizing everything. So I'm sure, sure that's where he's coming from. All right. Um off to your favorite company. It's it's spooky pinball. They hired a new program. This, this, all right. If you want to like a PR 101 on like how not to write a statement about like a new hire like this, so it's like, okay, they met Matt Comp. He's been a program for 22 years, huge fan of pinball. It's going to be pouring that passion into Halloween and Ultraman code over the course of the next year. Okay, great. I love oh my isn't God, going I can't... to quite make Halloween as we wish, but we are working diligently on getting it done as soon as possible. What? Why would you? What? They're admitting it, it's not going to be good. <laughs> I'm so I'm confused. So we we hired this guy, and Don't he's not going to make the game where you really want it to be. But he's going to make it better than it is. It, maybe wow. it won't crash next time. I love the honesty. Yeah, the game's still going to be a piece of shit, but uh, hey, it's going to be a little better. <laughs> won't be as bad as now, but sorry. it's not going to be as great as we want it. Sorry for the piece of shit comment. That's yeah. going to trigger. I'm going to trigger so many people. I oh, am yeah. exaggerating a little bit, but the game's Make not up good. in the comments with uh, with your feedback. There you go. It's not. It's not a good <laughs> game. Sorry. He's a terrific addition to the team. So it's like the rest of it is pretty good, but that middle part is just like, why would you even say that? Why would you say that? It's like they had like an inner monologue going, like inner commentary, and they just like got typed out and yep. like sent. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. I don't know if you saw uh, Eric Stone, uh, the clip of Eric Stone playing Halloween on Halloween when he doing what Eric does. He just like is crushing the game, and then it comes to a screeching halt and crashes in the middle of the game. He just walks away, throws his hands up, like what? I gotta <laughs> like, see that. Like, clip that so moment. Good. 
And so. and the amazing thing is like this game's been out for more than a year now, and it's just it's crashing like that. It's just yeah, it's bad. It's bad news. It's bad. It's not good. It's not yeah, good. Yeah, it's like okay, Amateur we hour. sold sold out of these games, and here's all the uh, we got all your money, and we strung you along for a year and a half, and now maybe the code might get better. It was in like what happened to the the like Fosmo was the coder. Did they fire him? <laughs> Probably. I mean, Fosmo was never great to begin with, so he's not a huge loss, but. It's like, yeah, but the, so this guy's got coding, but he's new to pinball. Like, okay, right? I mean, that's the implication. Mm-hmm. It's not like they've got somebody who's been coding and doing pinball rules and design for ten a decade and and all that. Like, no, it's not. So not going to be good. Yeah. So not going to be good. He's probably it's like so that good. guy that that coded the barbecue menu, and now he's going to make pinball machines, right? <laughs> Look, and, and and Spooky gets by selling to people who will just buy a pinball machine that is a theme that they like period and they don't go beyond that it's a pinball machine that they like it's the theme there's enough things in there that represent the theme shut up nick and kevin i'm happy with this why do you gotta point out what a, a turd i bought do you, right? do you think that uh the the tide's gonna turn against the because they're having issues with well i showed you they're having issues with yeah. their new tna remake too and people are you know, i'm gonna make my prediction i'm gonna make a big prediction this is this is what's gonna happen, and and Pinmonk Pinmonk is in chat, and Pinmonk, uh, I like you, Pinmonk. You're a good guy. Uh, he's saying, you know, they're gonna run out of goodwill. Look, I think still there's enough people and still enough money that there people are still gonna order stuff from Spooky um, on the next thing if it's a theme that they like. But you you lose customers. You are losing customers, and you can't do this forever. And and look, I think that you know in the next year we're gonna be in a very bad um financial place in the world like recession depression i think i i spend all day just looking at finance stuff and and trying to look on the macro level i think it's just gonna be bad no we're due for one nothing's good right inflation's up blah 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 um what's gonna happen to these companies right when things get bad the weak are gonna fall apart they're gonna be done for like once like stern they can they can weather a storm They'll be fine. I mean, I understand that they'll be fine. There might be layoffs that, like, quality might take even more hit. We're going to see an impact. But, like, if you're not doing a good job now and you're just getting by or skating by, people are going to stop purchasing luxury items, right? There's going to be a decrease in pinball sales. And it's these companies that are just kind of, like, putting out questionable products. Uh, they're going to be done for. That's my prediction. Yeah, it, it's gonna, it's yeah, gonna, I mean, it's gonna. After I'm saying, after a, 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 a recession or depression hits, Spooky's done. That's my prediction. CSGB. All right, there you go. Let's uh, let's an American mark that. pinball. I'm gonna spoiler alert. An American pinball is gonna be done too. <laughs> spoiler to our future discussion here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's well, yeah, we can get more into it, but I I agree. It's like, how can you? upgrade you know upcharge from what was tna when it came out like 5500 bucks originally and yeah. now it's nine thousand dollars and the quality is nowhere near as good as it was and, and well, it I wasn't mean, great to begin with i mean realistically kevin we're in a different financial spot than we were when that game came out in 2017 i mean in, inflation's up a re, uh, cost of living's up a ridiculous amount um parts are hard to come by so so yeah i mean i don't know if if you uh, adjust for inflation and everything else, if the 5,500 translates into what they're charging. But I would, I would do this. I would be like, 
you can get a Godzilla for that price, or you can get a TNA. Like, how do you compete against that? Like, maybe the guy or gal, I mean, there's some women that buy pinball machines, Martha, uh, <laughs> maybe they've got a Godzilla, and then they're, and they got, all, they got a Rush, and they got a, everything else that Stern's put out, which crushes it, and they're like, I like TNA, I'll get a TNA too, I've got a lot of money, right? Like, but if, if you can only get one machine, I, I just don't see the compelling argument for a TNA. You'd have to have it priced considerably cheaper. But I understand, too, the economics of, of pinball right now. You can't produce a pinball machine for $5,500 anymore. So well, yeah, especially when he's doing it at a much lower quantity than, than Stern would be at their, at their higher product. They're just not as big of a production. Uh, they, don't, they don't buy in the quantity, so they can't get the, the large quantity discounts. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously when you buy from a smaller manufacturer, things are going to be more expensive. That's kind of just the, the economics of it, right? Well, I mean, like, so Pim Monk saying, well, Spooky gave everybody raises. I'm not even, I'm not even saying that. They don't have to give anybody raises. It's just everything's more expensive. Everything is. Parts are more expensive. Everything's going up. So the cost to produce a pinball machine has increased considerably from just a few years ago. Yeah, that's no not a, that's not a radical. That's not an opinion. That's a that's a that's an absolute fact. Yeah, everything's everything's uh, everything's going up. Yeah, and we well we we've we've brought it we've brought it up on, on past shows about just like the the nightmare of maintenance of past spooky pinballs we've been uh, you know second and third handing uh, experiencing through our friends and who are going out and trying to fix these things and they've changed board sets so many times that they don't have the old uh board sets to to support the old pins anymore because they're on you know pinatar or whatever the hell they're doing now and they were doing p3 for a while so at least if you got one with like the p-rock boards on it you can buy those but if you have the pin heck board they don't have those and it's a nightmare <laughs> and their their solution is just like send out some boards to fix it or send some parts that may or may not fix the thing they don't even like troubleshoot the 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 problem they're just like shotgun fixing stuff because they i don't either they don't have the expertise or the time to go in and, and actually like fix these things properly so um that's gonna catch up with them i think you know in addition to yeah. like pricing and quality it's like people are just not gonna put up with it after a while no you can get away with you can get away with stuff when things are good and everybody's throwing money around and things are crazy how do you weather a storm though right you should be building a business for when things are not good and and they're not doing that like they're gonna, they're losing so much goodwill, and people who were pulling the trigger on these games, you not you know them, I know them personally. They're they're done with them. They're absolutely done with them. They've they've burned so many bridges. All right, <laughs> <laughs> have we covered all the all the spooky stuff for now? Yeah, I think we're I think we're good. All right. Uh, Do you hear that? Another, huh? Here's here's another company we haven't talked about in a while. It's Dutch Pinball, and they're still. <laughs> Still working away on Big Lebowski. They finally, what is this like? Seven years later, they finally hit 1.0 code. So good, on, good on them. Now, I guess they announced it in uh, 2014. Yeah. I put my deposit down in 2014 on it. So that's that's eight years. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So you got a you got a wizard mode in there. You got, here's your rules flowchart. Um, yeah. So expensive game. Um, I give him credit for you know still sticking with this this um, kind of disaster. I mean, it is a disaster. Like the history of this game. And, and listen, man, I like Lebowski is like a theme I, I love. I just you know 
uh, the history and the price of it like i just it's like kryptonite right now to me yeah what are, what are they selling for now like twelve thousand dollars something like that 12 was 12 is almost a deal if it is 12 i don't know <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know i'm sure somebody in chat will know but uh yeah good on you they're still they're still slowly cranking through them yeah chrome right. candy says if you play it you'll want it one probably man you know if if like if it if it was a reasonable price like if the price matched what you know a stern premium is or something right and they're reliable and i can get one and they've made you know past supporters whole and they kind of really turn things around then then yeah i'd, I'd probably would love one absolutely i mean I, i've played lebowski it's a fun game but I don't know. It was it was never maybe with the new code it's even better. I can't say it's been a you know like four years since I played it. Um, but um, uh, Ben is uh, Ben's really tempted, man. He's Ben's Ben. Ben, do you have he's got one? one? He's got one. <laughs> yeah, he's got one. All right, it's so much better than a Stern LE, and that is the price point. How long have you had it? Let's see. I want to see if it lasts like a year. You also sold your Mando, and I love that game. So I don't know. I don't know, Ben. It's almost like pinball. What does James say? Yeah. What does James say about it? I want to hear his take. I want to come and play it, Ben. Trust me. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we'll go out and stream it someday. That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, dude. Maybe. Yeah. All right. We got to Wait, you had it since June? Were we over there? Uh, maybe we haven't been there since June. All right. We got to go to Ben's. Let's go. <laughs> Party at Ben's house. Ben, we're going to we're gonna come over and stream yours 100%. I would love to do that. Let's Let's make it happen. All right. Come and see if Nick will finally be united with uh, the big Lebowski after <laughs> eight years of trials and tribulations. It'll, oh, it'll happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, over at Multimorphic. Uh, so they put together a big old uh, business update and went out in early October, mid yeah, October 12th. Um, there's a lot here, but one of the, one of the coolest things is that they announced they're going to be releasing two new modules in 2023. Um, trying to see where let's see game kits i know i know they have it in here i want to i want to get the exact here you go uh our manufacturing and development teams are moving forward in parallel with two full featured multimorphic game kits planned for release next year and possibly more by third parties that means we'll be releasing future game kits with a fairly long back order queue for machines so they're basically they're they're not holding up production of additional titles because they have a backlog of people who want to buy machines, right? They're going to be manufacturing them in parallel, which is smart because it's like they need to be filling that, that backlog of owners who already bought into the platform with new content. That's also going to um, play into the, the folks who are buying new machines. Right. So, um, so I know definitely you're going to, you're going to get at least one more game because uh, I have a, a prototype of, of drained in my game here and that's getting really close to release here. And uh, I've been talking to Nick Baldridge about the the perils, <laughs> the, the trials and tribulations of of manufacturing your own pinball. Even just the, you know, he's just making a module, not even a whole machine. And hearing what he's had to go through that for that, um, I want to have him on to share what he's been going through because it's not easy. It's all these startup companies that that come out and are, you know, Ballarama or whoever. And they're like, well, yeah, we're just going to make the, the next great pinball machine. Just wait. Wait till you hear this discussion. It's, it's going to be eye-opening, I think. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to what Multimorphic has coming up. They said they are uh, estimated lead times for new orders right now are 12 to 13 months. 
Um, so that's what you're looking at if you're looking at uh, getting in on a P3 uh, right now. So, oh, also congratulations to uh, Jerry and Sarah on their new baby. Uh, Parker Andrew uh, was born uh, in the past couple weeks. So new baby for the, the Stellenberg family over there. So congratulations to them. Um, over at Chicago Gaming, they're having delays. Everybody, everybody's having delays. Uh, this came via Game Room, guys. Cactus Canyon update. We have received an update from Chicago Gaming regarding the Cactus Canyon remake production. All the parts needed for production are currently at the factory, and pinballs are moving down the production line. The entirety of Cactus Canyon limited edition production run will last approximately 18 weeks, with smaller amounts of the special edition with topper being produced alongside the limited edition. We are expecting to receive our first units in four to six weeks, and we'll then ship them to you as quickly as possible. Please be advised that it, based on these dates, it will likely be close to the end of February before we have fulfilled all of our orders. We appreciate your patience, and we'll update you again in six weeks if we had not started receiving games into our warehouse. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a while for your Cactus Canyon. I don't know what the... It's got to be with the toppers, right? Because they've made some of the ones without the toppers, and actually I see quite a few of those on the, the resale market. For a decent price, they're in like the seven thousand dollar range. I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of tempting. If the if the code update ends up being good, that could be a good value game. But it's such a, a dice roll right now because I think people aren't hanging on to this game because it's so easy to get to the end, and it's not a real hard. There's not a lot of depth there, and it's not a tough playing game, so people are just blowing through it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so everyone's good at pinball now, though. You know, yeah. like the level of play has just gone up exponentially so a game yeah. like that it's just it's just doesn't work for we've, uh, we've gotten used to these deep rule sets especially you know if you're playing on location that's one thing but to buy a game and stick it in your house you want you want more more bang for your buck there uh yeah and, yeah i mean especially people who have pinball machines they've gotten good at pinball right like back in in 98 or whenever this originally came out a lot of people didn't have pinball machines in their house they would go on location and play so you weren't that even people who played they weren't even that great comparative to how they are now right compared to yeah how they yeah are now. i think that's fair to say like the the average pinball skill has gone up as more people have owned them in their houses yep all right nick lane what's up at american pinball what's going on over there you watch the you watch the update yeah i'm just before i even get to that the, like everyone's fucking me up with the lebowski talk and the 1.0 <laughs> like i'm like nick- shaking over here oh boy here we go all right, let's go American Pinball. We gotta stop. Let's stop the uh, Lebowski talk for now. We'll play bands, and that will just put me in a in a in a tizzy. All right, American Pinball. So, um, you know, I, I watched the American Pinball video. That was, uh, I guess, it was at, they played at Expo, and then they put it on YouTube to watch uh, because uh, Dave Fix, uh, local local legend in his own mind, Dave Fix. Uh, Featured on episodes of the brochure, you can go watch him back in uh, the uh, uh, whirlwind episode from 2015. Uh, and, uh, centaur, we played with him too, right? Oh, did we play Centaur? Yeah, right. Centaur too. That was at your house, right? There, yeah, there's a lot of Dave Fix. Yeah. Um, it, the, the 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 deep cuts. Anyway, so I watched it, <laughs> and uh, you know, Dave mix missed his calling as a like a uh, carnival barker. <laughs> like a, uh, he's he is a he is a showman um 
so he gives a tour and he he did a nice job in true day fix fashion of of giving a tour and uh i, I reached out to him i was like uh you know nicely done but i like you know i thought about this tour and you and i talked about it and we don't talk about american pinball a lot number one we just don't have a lot of exposure to it i mean um james had a houdini I, we played it i think we did a bro show on it i can't even remember i did yeah we I, know, I think maybe more about me. I played it for sure. I think Jeff may have gone with me, and I think maybe you and yeah. I went out back out. I can't. Remember. Yeah, um, you and I played in Oktoberfest at a show one time. Um, I never I played, played Hot balls, Wheels. And you I had. wanted to walk away from it because it was so yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, here's here's my my point. It's like there's not a lot of these games out there, and yet this company's existed for what, five plus years now. Um, but I don't know anybody who has one. You know, James got Legends of Valhalla. He hated it. He couldn't sell it quick enough, right? Like, if I bring up the Legends of Valhalla around him, I'll probably get him triggered. <laughs> so I'm watching this, and I'm like, how is this company still in existence? And and one of the things that really struck me, I think, um, was Dennis Norman, right? He was saying that he's working on two original theme games. Like, what? How can you afford to do an original theme game? They don't sell. Comparative to a licensed game. Look at Spooky. Spooky makes Halloween. People love Halloween. Their their hand starts moving to the keyboard. They hit the order button. They can't help themselves. Look at Multimorphic. They they slowly ramped up using all these original titles because they don't sell as much. And then once they hit a, a level where they could expand, they got a license and things blew up, right? So that's how this works. I don't... Listen, I don't know who's making that decision over there. Let me let me say in plain English, unless you're running some laundry laundering shell company, why on fucking earth are you making original theme games now when you're competing against a giant like Stern who's making theme games and crushing it? They have all the talent in the industry. And you've got Jersey Jack who makes absolutely beautiful pinball machines who's got a, building a nice tent of talent in, in theme games. What are you guys thinking? Did you look at the sales of Legends of Valhalla and said, "Yep, I like selling a hundred games. Let's do let's do let's do another original theme and sell another hundred games." Like the fuck, just pick a theme, and you'll just people will just hit the buy because they can't help it. Your quality is better than spooky games. I I I I don't I don't hear too many complaints about quality. I don't think that's the issue. It's the fact that you guys are not getting good licenses. Number one. Yeah. License is number one. License is number one. Gary Stern figured this out long ago. All right? These these original themes will sink your company faster. And I said it earlier in the show, as soon as the economy really tanks, and we're going there, you guys are done. That's it. You're not going to no more American Pinball. There is not going to be two original theme uh, Dennis Norman games because that's it. You can't compete with Stern. People are going to cut their expenditures on pinball machines, and they're not going to buy... I don't know, Fruit Bash. I don't know what the fuck your original theme is, but it's stupid. Don't do it. Don't do this. Do not do it. It's a bad idea. I'm going to say it. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Think of, uh, you know, I, I think of Dennis Norman, and it's like, oh, cool, he's going to do, like, a Whitewater sequel or whatever. And sure, like, a percentage of pinball players will be like, yes, uh, I love Whitewater. I really want to grab this. Uh, but look at it dialed in. That was basically the, like the Pat Lawler version of of Dennis Norman doing a, a Whitewater sequel. This was like his disaster sequel uh, to the next level. All the bells and whistles, all the toys uh, looks great. 
And then it comes out and people are like, well, I need to play it first, right? And let me try it. It's got a guy with dad jeans on it. It's got a phone in it. You know, it's like, so it's licenses or uh, unlicensed games are like, people have to play them first. And it takes so much longer for the games to get out and then people to play them. And then maybe orders start coming in. And then six months down the line, people are like, oh, I really like this. And a lot of people are like, dialed in's my favorite JJP game now. But they don't make them anymore because they had to move on to the next game because nobody was ordering them because they had to play them first. So let's let's just let's just cut to the chase, Kel. Let's play a game. All right. We're gonna play all a right. game live. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna have three games. Oktoberfest, Legends of Valhalla, and Hot Wheels. All American pinball games. What game do you think, when I look at Pinside, has people are, are has the most in their collection? So Pinside will track. This is self-reported. You know, in my collection, I have this game or that game, right? So what game of those three do you think people have the most of? Hot Wheels. How, how did you... Kevin, you're fucking... Oh how did you know that? How, I, how I, could you... Is that a lucky guess, Kevin? I have an MBA, damn it. <laughs> I'm You're amazing. How did you how did you figure Hot Wheels had the most? Just <laughs> give us some insight. Give us some logic. Come on, explain uh, it to us I, like we're I've dumb. I've been paying attention to pinball for the past 15 years. Oh my god. How this, how this works. And then well, all apparently the, all the pinball enthusiasts go, "When are they going to make original theme games again?" And you go, "Well, they have been making original theme games. You just haven't been buying them because they're not the theme you like or whatever, whatever original theme you wanted." There's some mic buzz. Is that me? Mic oh. buzz? From me? You don't hear it? No. Oh, yep. I, I peaked my mixer. <laughs> All right. What's going on here? You. I, I think I got oh, too worked up anything. and I screwed up my uh, my mic. Let me see. All right. Uh, yeah. I worked up Kevin. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disconnect and reconnect. It's contagious. All right. How do you guys like dead air? Okay. I think I fixed it. Yeah, you're on, you're garbage stuff. Let's see. Oh, oh, there we go. Yeah, you're good. You're good. All right. So, all right. So, Kevin is right. Um, now you're not looking, Kevin. How many? Let's see if you can get this within a hundred. Oh, that's kind of a tip off. How many <laughs> people have Hot Wheels in their collection? Do you think? On pin side, two hundred. Oh my god, two hundred nine. You fucking nailed it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's let's compare that to an, an average Stern game. Like we're not going to use Godzilla. Okay. All right, give me an average Stern game in the last couple in the last few years. What what game do you want me to look up? Um, like let's do what what was like reasonably popular. I feel like like Zeppelin wasn't really popular. Um, Rush is like kinda. There's there's got to be something that I'm not. Well, Rush of was it. not a theme that people didn't love. Um, right. You know, Black Knight? That was the original. No, that's not that's original, original theme. We got to do theme. theme. You got to yeah. do a license. Yeah, you got to do a license. Mando. Mando's a good one. Well, that's a great license, but I'll look it up. Yeah. But here's the deal. I mean, this is this is this is the fucking point. Right. That's the point. Like, we're struggling to find a bad license from Stern because they pick good license. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got the Pro and Premium. We'll just look at the Pro because the the price point's gonna be similar. So three hundred sixty-eight. Mando pros, you know, and then that's not counting the premium and LE. So that's, you know, way, way over and above. Right. Right? right. Let's just look at rush rush pro because rush is not, you know, like there's people in Europe don't really know rush, not exposed to rush. Right. So let's see rush pro. What, what is that? Rush pro 206. Okay. So that's like, 
but that's not like that's not counting the the premium and everything else. So they've still sold significantly more. Uh, let me just see Rush Premium because people. Oh, uh, Pinmunk says uh, Houdini has the most, more than Hot Wheels. That was their first American game, and then, and then people probably walked away from them. Two forty one premium. Houdini is sort of a license, like people yeah, know yeah, who yeah. Houdini is. Correct. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So it, let's go to. So guess what? How many do you think Legends of Valhalla had? Oh God! Uh, like a hundred. A hundred. Fucking on the nose, Kevin. <laughs> You're either cheating or something's up. The simulation's <laughs> Dude, really not. working out. Hundred. <laughs> Hundred Legends of Valhalla. You went hundred fucking games of this. You sold. That's terrible. Well, that, that's like a hundred people who have reported on Pinside, but you know, yes, but that goes that that goes it's, along it's of everything all in else. Relation to the other games. Yes. Yeah. So Hot Wheels doubled that. Okay. Hot Wheels doubled it. Um, location for Hot Wheels is ninety five. Locations for Legends of Valhalla is forty two. So doubled it just by the theme, just by a licensing <laughs> that people actually know. It's not like a the great trend. theme. I like the trend that Monk is saying. So Octoberfest was half of that. Hot Wheels was half of that. Valhalla was half of that. It's, it's like, uh, we'll go, we'll go it's to like, Octoberfest. Oh, it, it's, it's the day fix curve. It's like, okay, here's American Pinball. They're coming up. And it's like, oh, we hired Dave fix. <laughs> I don't think he could take all the credit for, 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 for that. But um, what's, what's, uh, what's you, all right, Octoberfest. Since we're, we, we're, I mentioned those three games, what do you think for that? Um... Well, I kind of know, so it was, it was probably oh, like know. around 200, right? Uh, 140. Yeah. So again, okay. that's not, I mean, but like, how is this, how is this company still around selling 140 games? Right. Right. Reported on Pinside, right? I understand not everybody's on Pinside, but like, it seems like they're just really scraping by, but their best games, Houdini will call that a license, and Hot Wheels, those were licensed. So mm-hmm. why am I watching this video and Dennis Norman's got not one... She shouldn't be doing one, two original theme games. Why? Right. You guys can't afford to do. Stern can afford to do an original theme game because they got. They they did. They can. They can afford to to take a whiff on a game and take a chance. How can American Pinball take a chance? Yeah. Makes no well, sense. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier too. It's like there's a there's a parent company over American Pinball, and I don't know. Like, I think it's they're called Aimtron or something like that, and so they must be. Funding this for some reason, like I don't know. Somebody, it always seems like there's like somebody with money and they like pinball, so they're gonna they're gonna make pinball machines, even though they know it's not a money making enterprise. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to get close to this. Uh, it's it's November third, twenty twenty two. Within two years, they're done calling okay. it right Mar- now. After what? After, yeah. What's your what's your? You want to go higher or lower? I'm trying to think. Okay. Um, so they've, they've got... Who do they have on staff for designing pins? They got Dennis Norman. Norman. Anybody else? I feel like... They, oh, uh, they got the, the guy who did the Sonic Spinball. Yeah. They just hired him. Oh, and they're doing that like American Dream project where they're stealing somebody's homebrew game and putting it into production and taking all the money. <laughs> I, think yeah. I think that's what they're doing. Um, so, yeah. Oh, God, that seems like such a... Well, that's basically what they did with Valhalla. and the, the I mean, that was a... There was at least a, a theme you kind of could follow, like it's Greek gods, you know, you understand the concept of it. And even that didn't do that well. So, man, I don't, I can't see that American Dream Project being a, a hit unless they get something like a Sonic Spinball that's licensed and they buy the license for it and, and put that into production. So, I'll, uh, I'll go over two years. 
Okay. Uh, I was I was ag- I was aggressive because yeah. somehow they made it this long, like inconceivably. Like yeah. I, I, I'm throwing too much rationality into this, but uh, that's th- you're I probably think, gonna win. I think they're the, probably the gonna limp along. He's gonna. Uh, gonna keep them afloat if Nordman puts out a white water sequel. I think they'll sell a decent amount of those. But they need you're right, they need to get some licenses going if they want to grow this thing. Yeah. Listen, if you're if you're uh, I, I I can't even do this, Kevin. <laughs> I just cannot believe somebody's not doing a, a license game. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind. Alright, was there anything else from the video that stood out to you besides Dave Fix's uh, lack of a I mean they don't look busy. No, they certainly do. They got like a skeleton crew. Did you like the part where they were showing 3D printers working? Oh, I mean, that's I wouldn't I wouldn't have shown the 3D printing. Who the fuck wants to spend that kind of money on 3D printed shit in their game? <laughs> I don't understand it. Like you, I, I here. What I did like, I thought what Dave Fix highlighted was their playfield. Like their playfields look nice, like the clear coat and the quality. And he's saying like, look, we reject it if it's not good. Um, you know, I want nice clear coded play field, so that's important to me. I thought I thought that like I'll give credit where credit's due. Like I thought that was good. Like and Dave it was good for Dave to highlight it. I don't know why they're highlighting their three D they really were proud of the three D printed aspect. That's not something to be proud in in a commercial pinball machine. That's something you have to do in a in a homebrew. So again, just I I don't I don't get it. All right. That's that's your uh, American pinball prediction, uh, from from your friends here. All right, that's uh, it wasn't even printing; it was calibrating. Three <laughs> D printer calibration. You're Just about as out. fired up as I am, Pinmonk. Yeah, Pinmonk loved it. Not <laughs> not so zen right now. All right, we're not gonna do a uh, a review this month, but we will give you some game room updates. So, Nick, do you want to kick it off? Because you've got a big addition to your game room. That's a big change. Uh, it is big. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I made a dream come true. So did a reversal. You can tell in the last podcast episode that I was going down this path because, <laughs> listen, I, I, I did a weird thing. I was having fun refreshing my collection. So I sold, a, I sold a bunch of games this year. You know, I got three new pinball machines. Um, I sold Walking Dead because I wasn't playing it. People are like, oh, you're gonna miss it. Like, I, I don't, I haven't missed it. Like, I forgot that I, it exists and I sold it. Like, I'm, I'm okay. I, I kind of look forward and not back. That's, that's just how my mind works. Anyway, that's pretty much how I am too. After I saw yeah. it, I'm like, I'm good. I had my time yeah. with that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I'm people, different folks, different strokes. But my personality is, I, I look forward, not, not back. Okay. Anyways, um, I, you know, I got, I like that bond and I rationality took over and i saw and like this game look if i I want this game it's going to be around in a year i can i can just get it right like and right now it's bare bones code plus you know there's probably gonna be issues out of the box that they'll fix in further production runs so let's just wait plus i probably want an elwin game i mean elwin's just crushing it if i get another pinball machine it's gonna probably gonna be his so um i don't know how how did i get the thought in my mind i was this is how it started off i was like oh i should get a big buck hunter like kevin has like you've seen kevin's background and then i'm like looking at it and i was like i don't i don't know if that's gonna fit my basement i don't there it is i don't i think like too wide or something i don't know, maybe it's it would too tall. it's too tall and top heavy yeah so then i'm like well how am i gonna do this maybe i get like an hd you know the little more modern one 
Well, anyways, long story short, I realized I, I finally learned that the one that could fit is the BBH Reloaded, which is the most modern version of the game. So I've I've got that bad boy in my basement. I'm fucking pumped. Um, I bought it from uh, a fellow listener. So this really worked out great. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, Kingpin Games, uh, Chris over there, because he fielded a bunch of my calls and went back and forth with him a lot to yeah, figure Chris out how I'm going to get a game. I met him at MGC. Yeah, no, he saw my post on Pinside, reached out because I was I was curious about the game, and um, it was really like a lot of measuring and making sure this would work. So, um, coincidentally, like Chris missed the, <laughs> Chris missed a sale by like just dumb luck. Like you and um, Patrick let me know that this guy was selling on it, and I had resisted getting it because I'm like, oh, how am I gonna get shipped here? Uh, but then uh, uh, friend of the show and friend Matt Taylor. Um, want to pick it up because he's just picking up another game in Pittsburgh. So, dude, I've got a fucking big Buck Hunter Reloaded. I love it. L- it looks great in my collection. The best part about it is, and this is why this works for my game room, um, where it is, I can't put a pinball machine there because there's a closet there. So I need to get it. That's like my pinball closet. I need to get into that. So I, I, I can't put a pinball machine there. I can't be moving that thing. It's They're not easy to move. But this is on wheels. So like, I've, I probably have moved the thing already 10 times in the last two weeks. So I kind of go in and out a bunch. I've been doing some work on games, um, but I absolutely love it. This is like an itch that I had to scratch. I've always kind of wanted one. I'm not into arcade games whatsoever, but you know, I like playing years cab. I always like seeing it in arcades. Um, there's something just super fun about big buck hunter. The reloaded version has also like terminator. Um, was it salvation or something? I don't know. It's yeah. got ter- a terminator game on it. It's got like the, um, like some zombie adventure on it, some other big buck games. Uh, and then it ha- it's like, this is like called the quote unquote online version. It, the MSRP on it's like $7,400. I, I got it considerably cheaper than that use, which is great. Um, here's the downside to this. This is why uh, the person I bought it from sold it. This is, I've talked to some other people. This is why they sell it. Like you, you don't have to do this, but you kind of have to do this. So I have to pay a 40 dollar month subscription for that thing if i want all 10 animals and i want the reloaded content which i don't give a shit about the reload like terminator stuff like that just hurts my hand and it's like whatever people like people come over and they like play it but like i just want to shoot animals god damn it that's all i want to do i just want to murder them and even the critters you gotta get the critters and um so i i've got if i want all 10 and i want to do like the online leaderboards um, which I do. I want to see how I stack up. I want to get better. I've got to pay forty dollars a month. Now I could, I could like say I don't want to do forty dollars a month, and then I'll just be left with like five animals and um, no online stuff. And, and what I'll probably do, Kevin, is like for the first several months, I'll 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 pay for that while it's fresh and new. And then as like you know summer rolls around or I get busier, I'll just take it offline and then come back online at certain times. But um. <laughs> Dude, I, I I love it. I'm so it looks great in my basement. The thing has like LEDs all it's like a super cool version. It has LEDs all over it. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Like Martha was playing with Dave Sousa and I heard them just like like the other night. I just heard him like fucking laughing. Like I was working on Godzilla. I heard him having a great time laughing, shooting animals. Yeah. We played it after we uh streamed Mando. There's like you could do two V two, so we had teams of two players on each side and we were taking turns. It's it's just a super fun uh, party game, and like anybody can play a gun game. That's why I like it. I like always having a gun game and a racing game because even if people aren't into pinball and they come over to the game room, it's like, oh, I know I can play this. Like I don't have to try to figure out how to play Tempest or whatever on 
you know, the Walking Dead or you know whatever other pinball machine. Uh, I can I can just flap the flappers uh, on those, or I can I can drive a car, or I can shoot a gun, um, and everybody will play those, and they're they're fun. No, so. it's 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 a cool game. Um, I don't know how quickly I'll get bored of it or or not, but like the nice thing is, it's I can go down and play a quick game, and and that's it. You know what we should talk about, Kev? Uh, I'll talk about this in my game room. So something that I, I've kind of had on my game room, but I kind of refined it a little bit, is I got into um, kind of home automation stuff recently. I'm getting into a little bit more. Um, I've got like Home Assistant running on a Raspberry Pi. And I had like like last year, I, I put like uh, my power strips on, smart plugs, but I, I got like a, a smart plug power strip soon. Now this is great. Like I can totally turn on individual games using my my cell phone through Home Assistant, or I can use the Casa app or whatever. Um, but I, I I love being like oh, I'm gonna go play pinball and then just turn my entire game room on, right? Like it's it's super cool. Feels like that moment in uh, Tron where he powers up the arcade. Like I can I can do that. Um, Big Buck Hunter takes like ten minutes to load up. So if I know I'm going to play, I'll just hit it on my phone and go down there and it's ready. Or like, you know, even like the newer Sterns, they take a little while to power up so I can just kind of do that ahead of time. I can, I can, I have it set so I can turn on an individual game. And I also have it set that they're like grouped in like by wall. So I can turn on like, you know, groups of three games on at a time and so kind of do that. Not all at once. So I don't fucking blow shit up, but, um, it's, I highly recommend doing that. Like that is like, I, every time I do it, I love it. So it's super slick. Do you have a particular? Because uh, do you use smart plugs or is it like a smart strip or what do you use? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. I, I'm pretty sure the the one I recommend is um, I think it's Casa. Let me let me give you guys the exact one. This is my this is my favorite one. So I did some research and I like it. I I had like I had just a a smart plug and and I power a dumb power strip plugged into it, but then like I can only turn like groups of games on that was a pain in the ass so um i wised up and what i bought a couple months ago it's called the casa k-a-s-a smart plug power strip the hs 300 um so there's six individually controlled smart outlets and three usb ports works with alexa and google no hub required so it works on your um home wi-fi and um yeah it's 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 worked well for me and i you, I mean, Casa's got its own app, but what I like about Home Assistant is like, you know, I've got apps for like all these other smart devices, but Home Assistant is like open source and um, I can do everything from that one app, right? Like I don't have to go into like, oh, I've got Hue Smart Plug. So I got to go in the Hue app and turn that on. Then I got to go in the Casa app and turn my games on. Like all of those are controlled within Home Assistant and Home Assistant's free. So it's, it's fucking awesome. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy for where I am at, at with that huge recommendation yeah. for a game room i have some smart plug stuff it's like a bunch of like hand-me-down stuff and i it was the same thing like some were like uh smart home some are casa some are this some are that and i'm like whatever it, like i tied some of them together using um my echo like i you can kind of like group different devices together and then tell tell that to, to turn everything on so it's it's kind of a pain in the ass so i've i haven't hooked my pinball machines up to it like i do my my game room signs and my my uh, DMD clock and stuff are all hooked up to that, so I can say turn on the signs and it turns everything on. So that's cool. So I get the I get the appeal, but I haven't gotten to like putting all my games on them yet. Yeah, no, I I I I, I highly recommend it. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, I recommend Home Assistant too. It'll make your life easier. There's a, there's a definite learning curve to Home Assistant, um, but it pays off in the end. You know. Yeah, it's awesome for the video arcade games because a lot of times the power switches are on the back or on the top yeah. and the back, and they're impossible to get to. So I do have them on my video games. Yeah, for sure. And then like you know, before I go to bed at night, I can pull up my my Home Assistant app and I can see if there's any lights or anything on and like I left on in the house, right? And just yep. address that. Good stuff. Anything else in the game room? Or are you good? Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm good. I think I'm done buying. I'm. I'm done buying games for the year. Okay. Um, you know, maybe I'll be tempted for Lebowski. I don't know if I can spend 13k on a pinball machine. I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm just listen. I'm just putting money in the bank because I think things are going to get bad. But um, yeah, I'm. I'm good. I'm really happy with where my collection is right now. I'm, I'm super, super happy with that. Yeah. All right, so I've had some some updates in my game room. I don't know if you can see it if I switch to this, but but you can see a little bit. There's a Godzilla is over there. I got my premium. Been playing that a bunch. Been putting mods into it. Um, I so what are some of the mods I have? Um, I put the saucer. Oh, actually, I got some pictures. Uh, so if I go over here, and we go. So there's the the saucer. I got the saucer from. Uh, hooked on pinball they have a stainless steel saucer and then i saw some people doing this on pinside they take a clear pop bumper uh, mech and put it under the saucer so it kind of looks like it's floating i really love the look of it that's actually the first time i've swapped a pop bumper mech and i've always heard it was a nightmare so i was like this is probably an easy one to do for your first one because it's right there there's only one of them there's no like ramps or anything in the way so it wasn't that bad the the most annoying part about doing this one was this pop bumper has a little instead of just having a light in it it does all these crazy light shows so it's got this little led board in it with four wires coming off of it and they're soldered onto a board underneath the play field so you have to like unsolder four wires pull this little led board out put all the pop bumper parts in and then put it all back in and resolder it so it's that's kind of a pain i also had to adjust the leaf switch a little bit because it i think the the stem on the clear uh pop top of the pop bumper was a little bit longer so it wasn't firing so i just had to that was a quick leaf switch adjustment so if anybody's considering doing that that's some some pro tips for you but i i love how it looks it looks really cool i think it was like 70 bucks for the the pop bumper cap um i like the i like the pin or the uh the leor one that you have nick but i want to i want to have some bling so i went for the the chrome one no, it looks nice, um, and I was telling yeah. you that was a really nice picture that you took of it. Looked oh, like thank you. they could use that on, <laughs> on their website. <laughs> there you go. Feel free to use that. Um, one of the other things I got was so um, from Hurry Up Pinball, Craig was he had tuned into the stream, and I was like, "Oh, I was looking at your roof mod for Godzilla." He's like, "Oh, I'll send you one." I was like, "All right, cool." So he sent me this, and he sent me uh, another thing, which I'll show you here in a second um so this is a, a roof mod it's cosmetic it's cool it looks like it's got the like a helicopter landing pad and some like um exhaust pipes and stuff coming out the top of your uh building but it's also it diverts the balls more to the left flipper so um instead of like the balls i was able i don't know how it is on yours nick are you able to catch the balls with a, a the left flipper when on your godzilla when they come off of the building or no no you're not supposed to by design yeah, so I was actually able to. I could like if I flipped at the right time, I could I could hit them. Yeah, um, and I guess people were freaking out. Oh, I don't like how they go down the middle. So he he said he made this. 
And now that I have it in there, I can understand because I, I think Rucko in, in the Discord said, well, it's by design they're supposed to go down the middle because the building needs time to, to get back to the position it should be in. And then you're, you're off and running. So I did, like, I shot a ball in there and it, it got hung up at one point. Um, so it's cool. Like, I like being able to control the balls more when they come out. It's still kind of chaos because the balls just come down and go go nuts. So you can't really control them. Um, but you get you get some more shots in. So whatever. It's it's cool. I like the look of it. It looks neat, especially from a distance. Um, it looks pretty nice. Uh, the other thing you sent me was this uh, Mechagodzilla uh, cover mod. So I know you got the you got the crumb candy one on yours. This one is cool because it lights up uh, with the the hot dog insert there. So it says Neo Defense Barrier. It it glows blue. Uh, blue and it, there's um, two parts. It, it kind of looks like Mechagodzilla. That's why I like it. It's got that same kind of fit and finish as the Mechagodzilla mech. So um, nice little mod there too. So thanks to uh, Craig for sending those along. And oh, there's your, there's your pinwolf. We didn't show these earlier, but this is the comparison of the the stock Stern speaker versus the <laughs> the pinwoofer backbox speaker. And so <laughs> the Stern ones are so garbage, dude. Um, uh, what else did I do to Godzilla? I put a shaker motor in it. I put, um, I did put a new cabinet speaker in there because the one in there was like high garbage. I showed it before, but I'll show it again because it's just it's just so bad. Uh, this thing was like in there rattling around and sounding terrible. So I got one of the boom boom movers from Pinball Life. It was like, I think it was forty bucks. They had a big sale during um, during Expo, so I got that and I got the shaker motor. And it sounds better. Like it's there's a little more bass. You adjust the the settings and the, the audio settings and, and increase the bass in there. Uh, but mo mostly I wanted the, the cleaner sound and it, it achieved that I'm going to replace the backpack speakers eventually on it too. Uh, what else? I think that, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> what was the brand? What brand did they use? Um, there's not even a brand on there. It's like just super generic garbage. That's <laughs> so bad. Trash. Uh, yeah, the, you're you're are you getting the uh the Tokyo neon sign mod? I think you said you're on the list for that, right? I am. Yeah, it looks like uh it may have shipped like within the within the week, so I should have it really soon. I can't wait. What was it? So they make those in the UK, right? It's, so yeah, it's made in the UK. What's the price for the US conversion? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, because. I, yeah, I was sure. like, I've, I don't feel like it, I was like $270 or something. I was like, I was like, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> I saw Patrick's and it's really cool, but I was like, it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what was the, the upgraded one? The upgraded one that I got, it's called, it's called the boom, boom from pinball life. You can check that out or just get yourself a pinwoofer kit. If you want to go all out, you know what I mean? Uh, the boom, boom sounds better, but not great. The, the pinwoofer is going to sound a lot better because it's it's like like Dan was saying it's you're not putting an upgraded amp in there and that's really what the bigger speakers need. This one's nicely tuned for what you get out of a, a stock stern system, but um, you know if you just want a, a cheaper upgrade that doesn't sound like total hot garbage, uh, <laughs> you can try that out. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, I got some pin stadiums. Got it. Uh, pin stadium sent me the the concert editions for Toy Story Four. So if you remember the the pin stadiums that went in guns and roses that tie into the hot rails. These ones do that too. Uh, really cool looking. I got them installed. I played it, played a few games. So it does a good job of like, I like it cause it takes that hot rail, all those hot rail effects and it expands it out over the whole play field. So 
you get you get a, a cooler like more immersive light show i like in the um when you go to the the multi-ball where it's the volcano multi-ball like the whole play field turns red and red and orangey now it's really neat looking so so those are cool check those out um what else oh jjp so, so we were talking a little bit about this earlier they added so in their beta code they've added a a graphic equalizer and i, I should have put a photo in the the show the the program for tonight but i didn't it lets you so they've they've overhauled the whole operating system from what i understand and as part of that they've they have a lot more control over the audio so the speakers in the jjp are pretty good to begin with it's just like the the software driving them was not good and now with this this new uh graphic equalizer it makes a huge difference i put it on toy story and i don't have a subwoofer hooked up to that and it sounds like a million times better so um nice nice quality upgrade so the they don't you don't get total garbage speakers in their games at least so it takes what's in there and makes it sound a, a lot better so that's that's nice that's they're gonna be rolling that out across their whole line of games so keep an eye out for that um uh, and i went to retro game count and i got some stuff there i got to hang out with our friend ryan from um skillshot arcade he had us out there to stream and we played some stranger things and i bought some cool stuff so I'll, I'll, it'll be show and tell time here so let's let's go over here so I got I got to meet Warren Davis, who was the programmer that made Cubert, uh, and uh, I got his his book and he signed it for me. I also met uh, Jeff Lee. His book is called If You Want It at Home. It's called Creating Cubert and Other Classic Video Arcade Games. Um, I also met Jeff Lee, who is the artist behind Cubert, and I bought <coughs> excuse me this. Um, it's about a, an ar a prototype arcade that was never made. They have one at they built one and put it at Galloping Ghost in Chicago. It's called Argus. But I love, I love weird uh, classic arcade game history, so I grabbed that. And this is this is my... Uh, this is my number one uh, pick. So I got... They make these... A company called uh, Retro... New Retro Toys or something like that. I'm, I'm totally butchering their name. Is it on the bottom here? New Wave. New Wave Toys. They make replica mini arcade cabinets. And I got Qbert, and I had the the guy sign it, Warren Davis, uh, Jeff Lee, and our, our friend um, David Thiel did the sound on Qbert. So if I ever if I ever cross paths with David again, I'll have to have him sign this too and complete the trilogy. But it's cool. It's got like it's got the game on there. It's got Qbert, and they made a faster, harder Qbert version that's also on here. And um, it's even got the so the original Qbert cabinet has a, a physical like pinball knocker in it. And they have that in the little mini replica too. So the attention to detail on these is really good. Um, and you, you can play it too. So it's, it's on my desk. And if I get bored during the day, I'll play a game of Qbert. Um, uh, what else have I, our video game wise, I've been playing uh, a game called Arcade Paradise. So it's like re reliving the thing I did in real life where it was building a game room in an arcade. Um, it's a, a sim game where you, you build an arcade out of a, uh, out of a, you start in a laundromat with a few games in the back and you, as you as your business grows you're able to like add on and put more arcade games in and things like that so it's it's a fun i haven't played a sim game in a while so i wanted to check this one out i had some i'd actually won a contest for some free money through microsoft uh xbox bucks or whatever the heck they call them now uh, i had won 25 dollars, and they're like hey, it's expiring you got to spend it now so i grabbed that and it's actually pretty fun um i would check that out if, if you're into sim games and you like arcade games and stuff like that, you can actually play all the arcade games you buy and they're actually pretty fun. So it's a, it's a fun little game. Um, the other thing I've been playing is Atari mania on the switch. So this is, 
it's a modern game that has a bunch of mini games in it. If you've played like NES Remix or WarioWare, those sorts of games, it feels a lot like that. And it, but it brings in old like classic Atari titles in a, in a new way. Um, kind of a cool game. I'm also looking forward to the Atari 50 collection because that looks really cool. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up all of my game room updates. Um, Nick, we got anything else to say or should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. I think that was a good show. Let's bring it home. So don't forget to give us a follow on social media. If you haven't, we're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. If you want to see archives of the old shows, if you want to see Dave fix playing whirlwind, that's where you go. YouTube.com slash Buffalo pinball, uh, on Facebook, we have a group group slash Buffalo pinball. And, uh, if you want to chat during the day, we're on discord, discord.gg slash Buffalo pinball. Uh, send us an email, talkpinball at gmail.com, and we will talk to you there. Um, if you want to support the channel, you can follow us and sub the Twitch channel, um, or you can use your Twitch Prime with us. Don't forget. Oh, I heard there's a thing happening where if you sub two channels on Twitch, you get a free Xbox Game Pass or something like that. So check that out. Um, they're they're really doing it. And we have a PayPal, buffalopinball at gmail.com if you want to send a few bucks. Or uh, review us on your favorite uh, podcast platform of choice. Now, don't go anywhere because we have a brand new episode of Topper Talk with Gorin going over that hot um, Mando Topper action. Nick, uh, say goodbye. Bye, Nick. (laughs) Bye. It's Topper Talk with Gorin right now. Let's all have some fun. About plastic on top of your pin. Go and buy one now. There's a topper here and a topper there. Here a topper, there a topper, everywhere a topper. It's critical to the gameplay experience. You must buy one now. It's your monthly fill of toppers right now. Topper talk with Gorin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Topper Talk with Gorin, the part of the podcast where Kevin and Nick give me about three to five minutes to talk about everything happening in the very active and profitable Topper community. Now, today we'll be talking about the brand new Topper that Stern Pinball just announced for their Mandalorian pinball machine. So let's head into the office and talk about it now. We are in the office, so let's dive into the new Mandalorian Topper by Stern Pinball. So here it is sitting on top of the machine. And overall first reaction is this is a really nice looking topper. Um, Stern has broken the mold before from their kind of stock basic topper that they do. And this continues to break the mold. And what I mean by stock basic topper is like the Beatles topper where they kind of just have that vacuum form background with some plastic on top. Um, but one that breaks the mold, for example, is, is Black Knight with that talking head on top. Um, it's a really interesting topper. There's multiple layers here giving a 3D effect. And on the note of 3D effect, um, this middle piece here that says Stern Pinball uh, creates a holographic uh, effect. Um, It uses uh, similar technology to Pinball 2000, Pepper's Ghost effect, where there's a screen at the bottom of the topper and there's a a piece of plastic or glass slanted at 45 degrees and it creates this holographic looking effect, which um, allows for more interaction and information for the player. Now, here's the kicker. The topper is $2,000, which I believe is an all-time high now for Stern MSRP. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's go to the Stern Pinball Topper Reveal video, which we can see how it all works here.
So here it is on top. You get uh, to see the hologram in action. There's some added information on top of the topper that the player can now see that otherwise wouldn't be displayed on the main display. Um, one thing that I like about this topper is it just doesn't have Mandalorian on top right above the, the back class. Uh, but something interesting that was just mentioned is that there are now uh, modes locked behind the topper, like Beskar, Bonanza, and a new mini wizard mode. So it's basically a pay-to-play model. Um, and here's their store page, $2,000 on the site. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the pay-to-play model. Stern has done this in the past. They're kind of throwaway modes, though, that, that have happened uh, with, with previous toppers, so it wasn't as big of a deal. But these... Uh, modes seem significant to gameplay so it kind of stinks that that everyone is missing out on those now in the past with some of the other topper exclusive modes uh, stern has later rolled those into insider connected so i don't know if that'll happen in the future with the topper but we'll have to wait and see um as for the price two thousand dollars is quite steep for a topper um removing the price from it i really like it i'd love one on my, one on my machine but not for two thousand dollars um, there's a lot of other great things I could buy pinball related, not pinball related for $2,000. And for me, I think that's kind of a capped out price. With that said, if you want one, you're going to be waiting because all of the distributors have sold out of their allotment of this initial run, which is mind boggling to me, but some people like to collect LEs and collect toppers and that's great. Um, uh, but Stern Pinball, I believe on Monday is putting a select queue on their site, on their site for all access members. Um, so log on Monday to try to get one. Um, but this game is truly critical to the, or this topper is truly critical to the gameplay experience. Um, so if you have $2,000 to spend and you like it, go and buy one now. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Topper Talk with Gorin. Tune in to the next podcast for another episode. And as always, get out there and buy a topper. Thank you for coming to my Topper Talk. Mm -hmm.